Happy Mother's Day to the moms in the house, all the soon-to-be moms in the house, all the moms that want to be moms. Happy Mother's Day to you. Amen. At the end of the service, we've got some things for you, and I honor you and, and everything, and just we're glad that you joined us this morning. And, and I'm just going to flow right into um, where the Lord's placed on my heart this morning, and because I believe um, it, it all flows together. Um, you know, that, that song, I remember hearing that song for the first time and, um, and man, it was, it was in a season in life where, where there was some challenges I was facing and, and I remember hearing that song and I remember just the presence of God coming in my car and, and just ministering life to me. You see, that's really, when you talk about the presence of God, and, 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 and that's, that's what his presence is for. It's not for a feeling. It's not say, wasn't God's, no, it was there so you could, so his, his life could come into your life at that moment so you could connect with him to minister to you wherever you're at. And I believe he's going to continue to do that throughout this service. Amen. You know, so if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I uh, don't have time to do review. It's been, it's, this is, it's been four Sundays since I preached, so, so there's no telling how much you're going to hear this morning. But no, we'll, we'll, I'll be we'll just exactly what we need to hear and exactly what I need to say. And, um, but anyway, it's, it, it's, it's good to, to um, uh, be able to minister to you this morning. It was great having Dr. Savell for a couple of weeks and Miss Carolyn and, you know, and, uh, and Annette ministered, you know, when I was out of town. So, man, and so it's just awesome just to, it was awesome to be able to sit and receive, amen, you know, and, uh, and just giving out and giving out and, and ministering and ministering is always good to sit back and receive. But I'm, I believe this morning is, is, is a, a divine appointed word for, for everyone. Amen. This is, uh, is sorry, it's not, a, it's not a Mother's Day message, but it is a message to mothers. And a message to men. It's, 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 a, it's a message for wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, what you might face tomorrow. And uh, I started a series, uh, you know, that's why I said I can't go back and review, but, but the whole aspect of beholding, behold, he's more than just a man. Jesus, he's, he's more than just a man. You know, uh, because when we talk about behold, and, and we talk about what, we, what our, our theme throughout this year is, show me your glory, and we're talking about beholding Jesus. You know, and here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, For God, who commanded the light... To shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of glory of God, knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Meaning, meaning if I want the knowledge of the glory of God, I will see it when I look at Jesus. If you want to see the glory of God, if you want to see the nature of the glory of God, if you want to see the characteristics of the glory of God, look at Jesus. Meaning, Jesus even said, if, you, if, if, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, you know, in Colossians, Colossians 1, verse, uh, I believe, uh, 17 or so, it says, 15, it says, it says that Jesus is the visible resin, res, representation of the invisible God. So if you want to see God and you want to see the nature of God, you, you need to look at Jesus. So, so that's what this whole series about behold is and realizing he's more than just a man. You know, the phrase, show me your glory. Say that with me. Show me your glory. You know, this was all birthed out of Moses' declaration in Exodus chapter 33. 
And, and, and this deck, it was a heart cry. He, he, he said to God, I beseech you, show me your glory. Meaning, meaning I'm pleading, I'm, I'm almost begging. I mean, I've, I've got to, you know, Brad, he's saying, you know what? Because right before that, he says, if you don't go with me, I'm not going up there. You know, if, 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 if you're not going with me, God, I don't want to go. And that's why he said, man, he was like, show me your glory. And so as I was praying about that over the weeks and, and, and especially this week preparing for this morning, you know, what, what is the glory of God for? The glory of God. When Moses was crying out, show me your glory, because he recognized he lacked something. He was like, I need to see your glory because my current understanding isn't enough to take me where you want me to go. You know, and, and, and in my life right now as a pastor and what he's called us to do in this community, my, my current understanding, my current of what God's called, I, I, need, I need to continue to press in to what he wants to do through us as a church. I can't be satisfied with just where I am now. That's why I continue to say, show me your glory. Show me your goodness. Show me your presence. Show me your power because it's my revelation of him. It's the revelation that glory is going to work in my life to cause me to fulfill what I was placed on this planet for. So when Moses said, show me your glory, he recognized he needed something more than just himself. But you know, Jesus had the same understanding. Jesus said, apart from him, I can do nothing. He he goes to John, John the Baptist to be baptized, and, and John says, yeah, you know, I, I'm not even worthy to undo your shoelaces. Well, sandals. And he says, I, I must need to be baptized by you. Why? Because Jesus recognized he needed something more if he was going to step into the fulfillment of that call. And when he got baptized, the glory of God came upon his life, and he went into the ministry that God had established for him. So Jesus even recognized, I need something more. Jesus said, apart from him, I can do nothing. Behold, he's more than just a man. Without turning there, I believe it's Luke 17 and Matthew 11. John the Baptist is in prison. And here, John the Baptist, he was the forerunner to Jesus. And, and he's there and he's like, he goes to his own disciples and he, he says, go to Jesus. And he, he asks a question. He, says, he, he says, says to his disciples already, he says, are you the one or should we look for another? So here, John the Baptist, he, he saw the Spirit of God. He, he said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes, a, takes away the sin of the world. But yet, but yet he, still in his mind, he's like, okay. I'm still, in, I'm still in prison. If this was really the man, shouldn't have something changed by now? Because he's like, okay, tell, disciples, tell, is he the one or should I look for another? Because there was a part of John the Baptist that was having a hard understanding saying, is he really the Christ? Is he really the Messiah? And a lot of times in our own life, even when we go through difficulties and struggles and, and here he is in prison and he still had that same, is, is Christ really my answer? Is, is this really the Christ? And, and, and so they go to Jesus and, 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 and what is Jesus' response? He, he says, he goes, go back and tell John what you see. He says, the blind eyes are open, the deaf ears hear, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And he says, blessed is anyone that's not offended in me. 
Really, because he used that same word offended when he went to his own hometown. And he said that he couldn't do mighty, any mighty work there because, they were, because of their unbelief. And it's another says because they were offended at him. So, so blessed is the man that continues to believe in me. So he was telling, he was telling what do you think? What do you, what do you, tell John what you're seeing. You're seeing people's lives changed. So am I the one or should you look for another? What's happening through my life? You see, because what, what happens, and when we look at Jesus this morning, as we look at him this morning, get a hold of the fact that, that the glory of God is, remember, we're beholding him. As we behold him, we, as we see Jesus, we're seeing the knowledge of the glory of God, right, in the face of Jesus. So when I'm looking at the face of Jesus, I'm seeing the glory of God. So as we look at what Jesus was doing in John the Baptist's day, what's happening? We're seeing wherever there's lack, all of a sudden abundance comes. You see, if someone, any, anything that he told John the Baptist, he was saying, wherever there was lack in these situations, I'm, I've turned it around. Where there was challenging these situations, I've turned it around. Where there was weakness, there's, there's strength. So tell John, this is what you're seeing. So as we behold him this morning, we're beholding the glory of God. And what is the glory of God for? To bring strength wherever there's weakness. To bring abundance wherever there's lack. That's what the glory of God for. The glory of God shows up on something to change something that's negative and make it a positive. When the glory of God comes on something, it's never the same again. It's to change it. It's to change it from the inside out. It's to change it. It's to change the imperial. It's to strengthen it. It's to establish it. So as he, as John, as he goes, they go back to John the Baptist. This is what were the things that we're seeing. That's why he was saying people's lives are being changed. Go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. John chapter 10. When we look at Jesus, we're seeing the glory of God. And when you see the glory of God, you're looking at the empowerment that changes things. The glory of God is the goodness of God, it's the presence of God, and it's the power of God. So as we behold Jesus this morning, as you look at him, you're seeing the glory, and the glory is about bringing change to your life. As we look at him this morning, I want us to see him as a shepherd. I want us to see him as a shepherd because, because the very nature of a shepherd is to lead sheep to a place where there's abundance. Where are you at this morning? What's going on in your life this morning? What challenges you might you be facing this morning? We have a good shepherd. We have a good shepherd. Show me your glory. Lord, be our shepherd this morning. Be, be, be a shepherd in our lives this morning. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 4 of John 10. It says, When he has brought his own sheep outside, he walks on before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never on any account follow a stranger, but will run away from him 
because they do not know the voice of a stranger or recognize their call. Jesus used this parable with them, but they did not understand what he was talking about. So Jesus said again, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, I myself am the door for the sheep. I'm going to take a little, I'm going to plan on going this direction, but now, now get this about, about hearing the shepherd's voice. Annette introduced us to a, a book that was written by a shepherd, and, and I was researching some other things this week about a shepherd. And now, now here, you'd have shepherds, and they would be in fields, and a lot of times you would have different sheep that would, would end, or, end up mingling between other sheep. And a lot of times when they would come to pasture, the, the shepherd would go, end up going into the middle of the sheep. He would lead them, and once they came to a place of rest, they would come into the middle of the sheep, and, and they, would, they would take a rest. And, and one thing that the shepherds would do, and I was, like I said, I was researching this, is the shepherds had their own song. It wasn't just the shepherd's voice, but it was the shepherd's song. So, so when the, and, and each shepherd had their own song. And so that's why if you would have, you'd have several shepherds and you'd have sheep intermingle with another shepherd's sheep, what's hap- what happened is the shepherd would sing his song. And see, the shepherd, his sheep would know what that song is. Because at night, and, it says, and the thing is, it says, I am the door to the sheep. What does that mean? Well, what would happen is they would create these things out of sticks that would, they would make like a, almost like a fence. Or they would take, take stones and line these things up in a circle. And what would happen is, is at night, the shepherd would, would they, he, they would go one by one. And it was just enough space for one sheep to go through this door. And only one sheep could go in at a time. And they would all go in. And the shepherd at night would lay across, would lay across the entrance. There wasn't a gate because he was the gate. And so what would happen is, is at night, the shepherd would sing his song. So at night, the, any new sheep would get to know his song. So the next day, they would follow the song. And they would follow, thank you, Father, the voice. You see, because there's so many things that wants to shepherd our lives. You see, Jesus even tells us, coming up here, he tells us this, that, that, that there's another thief. He says, there's another, other, other shepherd, other ones come up. So it's people, someone else come, trying to be like a shepherd. He says, so, my, so my, I myself am the door. I'm the door for the sheep. All others who came as such before me are thieves and robbers. And the true sheep did not listen to and obey them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I am the door. Anyone enters in through me will be saved and will live. He will come in and he will go out freely and will find pasture. Thank you, Father. What does this speak of? I am the door. Anyone who enters through me will be saved. He will come in and he will go out freely and will find pasture. Verse 10, the thief comes only in order to steal. See, this is the other shepherd. Both of them are shepherds. One came up the wrong way. And it says, and their thief and the robber. You see, see, we have the enemy of our soul, Satan, who is trying to always lead you off course with a different song. See, it says, what is the nature of that shepherd? He steals, he kills, and destroys. Everything that that shepherd offers has everything to do with lack. Everything. 
everything that other shepherd, any other shepherd, what else might be leading your life besides Jesus? Any other shepherd is a thief and a robber. What are you trying to find your value in? It's a thief and a robber. If you try to find your value in substances, relationships, it's a thief and a robber. If you try to find your, 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 your value in, in money, jobs, success, fame, fortune, it's, it's going to ultimately be a thief and a robber. So what, is, or what are you allowing to lead your life? Because he says, this thief that comes up another way is a thief and a robber. And the thief does nothing but steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, but I have come. See, this other shepherd came. Every other one before me were thieves and robbers. Anything else was wrong. But I'm telling you, I, I came to bring abundance. See, see, the nature of the glory of God is to bring abundance in your life. Everything else is a thief and a robber. Everything else will just ultimately be a disappointment. So when we, we look at this in, in, in verse 9, he says, I am the door. Anyone who enters in through me will be saved. He will come in and he will go out freely and will find pastor. You see, this isn't, coming to Jesus isn't a position of bondage. It's a position of freedom. So what does this shepherd represent? He, he represents something that's safe. He represents something that has freedom. And he represents something that is, finds pasture. This word, this word pasture is a, it's a, um, a figurative discourse. This one word, is, it, it presents a figure. And the figure is, is it's not, you, you don't want needful things. Hold on. You have everything that you need is supplied. It's, it's, it's a figure. It's a, it's, a, it's a figurative discourse, meaning this one word isn't just a word to know, but it gives you a picture. It means that, that when you find pasture, that word pasture is, is, is something that's descriptive. And it's describing the fact that I have everything that I have need of. And that's what this shepherd leads us to pasture. Everything I need of is found in him. Verse 10 again, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. Have it in abundance. See, this, this shepherd brings about abundance. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. You know, I'm so glad it didn't say I am a good shepherd. You see, because if he was just a shepherd, there could be another shepherd. But it, it's pretty much tell, it, he is the shepherd, meaning there's not multiple options. It's, it's just, just I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And it says this good shepherd risks and lays down his own life for the sheep. This, this lets me know that this shepherd is one that, that, that protects. He risks his own life for the sheep. Meaning he's going to do everything that he can do in the natural to protect his own. Verse 12. But the hired servant, he who merely serves for wages, who is neither the shepherd nor the owner of the sheep, when he sees the wolf coming, deserts the flock and runs away. And the wolf chases and snatches them and scatters the flock. You see, this shepherd, the good shepherd, he doesn't run. He doesn't, he doesn't run from a challenge. 
He doesn't run from a bad report. He doesn't run from the enemy. Verse 13, now the hireling flees because he merely serves for wages and is not himself concerned about the sheep. He cares nothing for them. See, these other, the other things that you might be following, they don't, care, it doesn't care, they don't care about you. It doesn't care about you. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And I know and recognize my own. And my own know and recognize me. What does this represent about a good shepherd? He's relational. I know them and they know me. You see, I sense in this, this whole aspect of, of, of the nature as we behold the glory, we behold Jesus this morning. I'm seeing, I'm seeing the shepherd. And as I look at the shepherd, I'm seeing one that protects. I'm seeing one that cares. I'm seeing one that has total concern. I'm seeing one that's not in it for himself. He's not in it what he can get out of it. He's, he, he is there strictly for the success of the sheep. He's there. Jesus came, not for his own success, but for your success. Thank you, Father. Go to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Thank you, Father. Now I was going to just tell this story, but I believe it's it's best for me to to bring this out. Let's let's see let's see the good shepherd in action, okay? Thank you, Father. Let's start reading in verse thirty. Thank you, Lord. I'll read the Amplified. It says the apostles sent out as missionaries came back and gathered together to Jesus. And told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, as for you, come away by yourselves to a desert place and rest a while. For many were continually coming, many were continually coming and going, and they had not even leisure enough to eat. And they went away in a boat to a solitary place by themselves. And many people saw them going and recognized them. And they ran there on foot from all the surrounding towns, and they got there ahead of those in the boat. Now, get a picture of this. Here, Jesus had been teaching. The disciples had been doing signs and wonders. They come to Jesus, and all these people are following the disciples, and all these people are following Jesus. And they said, you know what? We, we haven't even had a chance to eat. We need to get refreshed. So Jesus says, let's get out on the boat, and let's, let's, let, let's get some rest. And so get this, the people see what they're doing and see where they're going. And all the towns around, they see, they know he's headed to the other side. But you know what? They get there before Jesus does. Now, think about that. Here, there was something that they were needing. They were lacking something. There was something that they wanted. There was something they needed. They may have not known what it was, but they have the answer. We're seeing signs, we're seeing wonders, we're seeing miracles, we're seeing different things take place. And, and I don't know what it is, but I'm going to do everything I can do to get there before he does because I want what he has. See, they were beholding 
they were beholding Jesus. They were beholding the things that the disciples were doing, and they were looking at these things. And remember, when we look at Jesus, we're seeing the glory of God. So the glory, they were hungry for the glory of God. Why? Because they lacked something. Moses was hungry for the glory of God because he lacked something. Whatever you're lacking, it can be made up by the glory of God. You lack wisdom, it's found in the glory of God. Healing in the glory of God. Peace in the glory of God. Now look at verse 34. And Jesus, when he came out, he saw many people. Amplified again. And Jesus landed. He saw a great crowd waiting and he was moved with compassion for them. Now listen to this. He was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. You see, this was a heart of a shepherd. He was like, meaning they don't have anyone to follow. We were over there and I left them with no one to follow. And they took all they could to come around and meet me here. They lacked something. And, what, and, and when he saw their lack, what did he do? He taught the word. What do you lack this morning? It's found in the word. He saw them as sheep without a shepherd. See, that's the, that's the heart of the, the, the sheep. That's the heart of the shepherd just saying, saying I, I don't like the fact that they don't have anyone. I don't like the fact that, that they don't have what they need. He was moved with compassion. And he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. That's what a shepherd does. He teaches what's needed. He, he, wasn't, he, didn't, he didn't immediately all of a sudden do a miracle. He taught them. Sometimes the miracle comes on the backside of revelation of the word. It's another message. But verse 35, and when, and when the day was already far gone, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate and an isolated place and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away to go into the crowd and villages around and buy themselves something to eat. But he replied to them, give them something to eat yourselves. And they said to him, shall we go buy 200 denarii, about $40 worth of bread to give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had looked and knew, they said, five loaves and two fish. Then he commanded the people, all that reclined on the green grass by companies. So they threw themselves down in rank of hundreds and fifties. Verse 41, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up. He See, Jesus had to rely on something else greater than himself. See, Jesus had to look on his shepherd. <laughs> and he looked up. See, he had to be... Because, see, he needed the glory of God in this situation. He needed the very... Because they had lack right now and they needed abundance. And so when they got... He got his eyes off this, told them what to do, and he looked up into heaven, praising God. He gave thanks. He broke the loaves and kept on giving them to the disciples to set before the people. And he also divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. You see, the shepherd met the need. He's a good shepherd. Let's go to Hebrews 13. And I'll start to close with this. Like I said, start to close with this. (laughs) Hebrews 13. The shepherd wants to meet you right where you are. Amen. He wants, well, you know what? He's, he's the door. Come on. It takes you and I going to the door. That's right. Jesus had to go to the Father. That's 
Say, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Hallelujah. Man, man, Vic, his glory. His goodness. You see, what did we see Jesus doing? We were seeing the goodness of God in action. Man, that's the glory of God. In Hebrews 13, verse 20, the Amplified, it says, Now may the God of peace, who is the author and the giver of peace. Anybody need peace this morning? Now may the God of peace, who is the author and the giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd, of the sheep. See, he went from the good shepherd to the great shepherd of the sheep. See, God. Now may the God of peace. Where are you going to find your peace at? The great shepherd of the sheep. He's the God of peace. Then it tells us who brought about, who brought about Again, from among the dead, our Lord Jesus. Then describes who he was. He's the great shepherd of the sheep. How did he bring, how, how did he bring this about? By the blood of the everlasting covenant. This, this shepherd thing is a covenant thing. This, this is a relational thing. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you became a part of his sheepfold. He's the great shepherd of the sheep. Now, what does the great shepherd of the sheep do for you? The next verse tells us. Verse 21, he strengthened, complete, and perfects, and makes you what you ought to be. Man. What does the great shepherd of the sheep, what does the good shepherd do? He strengthens you and makes you what you ought to be. Not makes you what you want to be, makes you what you ought to be. <laughs> I think I need to say that one again. It, it, it doesn't make you what you want to be, he makes you what you ought to be. See, some of the biggest problems we've had an issue because we're trying to do what we shouldn't be doing. Instead of letting him make us what we ought to be. See, this is what, what, what he, he wants you to be a sheep. He doesn't want you trying to be the wolf. To, he, this is what he does. He strengthens you, makes you what to ought to be. Now get this. He equips you with everything good. <laughs> I love it. And this is what your shepherd does. He strengthens you, makes you what you ought to be, and he equips you with everything good. He equips you with everything good. Everything good. He, he equips you with everything good. If it's good in your life, it's God. He, he equips you with everything good. He, he, he equips you. He, he furnishes you with everything good. He, he places in you everything that's good. Strengthens you, makes you what you ought to be. He equips you with everything good that you may carry out his will. So why does he strengthen you? Why does he make you what you ought to be? Why does he equip you with everything that's good? Because for you to accomplish his will. To carry out his will. Now get this. While he himself works in you. There's nothing. See the the shepherd never went off duty. 
the, 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 the shepherd, he, even right now he's interceding on your behalf. Right now, he's working on your behalf. Right now, he, he wasn't a shepherd. He's still a shepherd. And he wants to strengthen you. He wants to equip you with everything that's good and make you what you ought to be. So what you can carry out his will while he himself works in you. Hallelujah. Oh, I, I think you just didn't need to lift your hands to heaven and say, Father, I thank you that you're working in me. I thank you that you're strengthening me. I thank you that you're making me what I ought to be. Thank you that you're furnishing me everything that's needed. Thank you, Father, that you are working. You are working a work in me. You are working a work in me. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. He works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in his sight. Pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to whom be glory forever and ever to ages of ages. Hallelujah. He wants to equip you and accomplish everything you ought to be. Go to Psalms 57 and I'll close with this. Thank you, Father, for your word this morning. Thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that your word is working in our hearts. I thank you that you are, you are leading and directing and guiding us right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, in Philippians 1 verse 6, it says, He who began a good work in you. Now, now hear that. He who began a good work in you. He who began, he who began a good work in you will complete it. So you need, to be con- you need to be confident where you are in your life. Like, he that started a work in me is going to finish a work in me. He who started a work in my children is going to finish a work in my children. He who started a work in my family is going to finish a work in my family. He who started a work in my finances are going to finish a work in my finances. Hallelujah. Yeah, just just say, that, say that with some authority. Just, just say this with me. He who began a good work in me... We'll finish it for his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before I read that verse in Psalms 57, in Psalms 138, just you can make note of that scripture, Psalms 138, verse 8, it says, The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the works of your own hands. Thank you, Father. Now, listen, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. That's a, he who had started will complete. Your love, your mercy and love and kindness endure forever. See, this goes back to a revelation of the heart of the Father. David, David is saying this and declaring this because he knows the heart of the Father. He knows the nature of a shepherd because he is a shepherd. It says, for sake, not the work of your hands. You know, and I used to read that scripture all the time, and I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of the sun, the moon, the stars, but and the Lord's, Lord's like trying to hit me on the shoulder. He goes, um, you're the work of my hands. You're, you're, you're the work of my hands, Justin. And then he told me this. He goes, everything else I spoke to, you I hand did. Everything else I spoke to and created, to you I actually formed you with my hands. You're the work of my hands. 
And he says, I will not forsake the work of my hands. Hallelujah. He will not forsake the work of his hands. I will not forsake the work of my hands. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you will not forsake the work of your hands. Hallelujah. You perfect that that, which concerns every single one of us this morning. Psalms 57, verse 1, David speaking again says, Be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusts in thee. Yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. Meaning, what is he saying? He's going to the shepherd. He's going to the one. He's, he's, rest, he's not trying to do this himself. He goes, I'm going to the one and I'm going to rest on his wings. Until this is overpassed. Hallelujah. And then verse 2, I will cry unto God most high until God that performeth all things for me. And amplified, I like how it says here, I will cry to God most high who performs on my behalf and rewards me, who brings to pass his purposes for me and surely completes them. Surely completes them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. He's completing. He's completing what he started. Why? Because he's a shepherd. He's a shepherd. And the nature of the shepherd is to protect it's to provide. It's to lead into pasture. It's to bring freedom to. It's to risk his life. Why? Because he cares for the sheep. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Worship team, if you can come back up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. While they're making their way up. I want you to just close your eyes and hear this. This is, don't, as I read this chapter, don't, don't look at it as mental ascent. But receive it into your heart. What is mental ascent? It means I'm hearing what's being said, but I'm not allowing it into my heart to change me. He's talking about a good shepherd, beholding Jesus. He's more than just a man. He's the good shepherd. So just, just close your eyes listen. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. To feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. You see, even in here, the psalmist is speaking... And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. I shall not want. That lets me know the very nature of the shepherd is to bring abundance. And the very nature of the glory of God is to bring abundance. Where you're at in your life right now? What are you facing? What challenges are before you? What doubts do you have? Are you lonely on the inside? Are people persecuting you? Have you received a negative report? He's your shepherd. And it says, you shall not want. Verse 2 says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters, still in restful waters. 
He wants to refresh you. That's the heart of the shepherd. Green pastures. Everything you have need of. Verse 3, he refreshes and he restores my life. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Uprightness and right standing with him. Not for my earning it, but for his namesake. He refreshes and restores my life. He wants to refresh and restore you this morning. Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me. Sometimes in the natural, the enemy would make us feel that God is a million miles away. Or there's no such thing as the reality of God. But he says, though you're walking through it, don't fear it. Why? Because you're with me. This is relational. This is relational. Here's your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort me. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. See, the enemy is nothing but a thief and a robber, right? He came to give you life and in abundance. So he says, right in the presence of the enemy, right in, the pre- right in front of our enemy, he blesses you. Right in front of the enemy, for all to see it, he blesses you. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. Surely, goodness. So the glory of God is the goodness of God. So as, I, as I'm following the shepherd, looking at the shepherd, goodness and mercy and unfailing love are following me all the days of my life. As I follow the shepherd, I'm in a place of goodness. When I follow the shepherd, I'm in a place of mercy. When I follow the shepherd, I'm in a place of unfailing love. And it says, through the length of my days, the house of the Lord will be my dwelling place. King James says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's the heart of the shepherd. So when we say, show us your glory today, we're saying, Father, I thank you for being a, a shepherd. And that your goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. It's following me in good times. It's following me in bad times. It's following me in hurt. It's following me in loneliness. It's following me in in my mistakes. It's following me. But the psalmist knows the importance of dwelling. This is where I have to dwell all the days of my life. Surrender to the shepherd this morning. Surrender the disappointment. Surrender the offense, the unforgiveness. Surrender every hurt, every weight, sin, addiction, whatever it is, surrender it this morning. Because you have a good shepherd. You have the great shepherd of the sheep who strengthens you, makes you what you ought to be, equips you with everything good for his will. receive that this morning. Just lift a hand to heaven. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Receive him as your shepherd this morning. 
Receive him as your shepherd this morning. Receive him as a good shepherd this morning. Maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Receive him as Lord this morning. Receive him as shepherd this morning. Maybe you, you, you've been away from God. Maybe you've, you've walked your own way far too long and it's time to, to come back because you know you have a call and a purpose upon your life and you know you will not be satisfied in your heart until you turn and return to his presence, to his house, to that calling. If that's you, just, just receive him as a good shepherd this morning. Receive him as your good shepherd this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Everyone stand to your feet and just sing that chorus.